You are listening to the Anna Brandt Podcast for the year 2021. Anna Brandt has been a professional photographer for over 20 years and has taught worldwide in over 32 countries. She took a break from podcasting this past year, but she is back now better than ever ready to inspire and motivate you. My name is Ava Brandt, and I'm happy to welcome you to my mom's podcast channel. We hope you subscribe and stick around. Today, we're going to talk about why the printed photo is so important. Now, I'm a photographer, and so you may think, well, Anna, you say that because you're a photographer and you're in the business of selling your work and selling prints. So, of course, you're going to think it's important, just like the shoemaker is going to stress the importance of the shoes that they're making. But I disagree. I'm going to stress the importance of the printed photo based upon my own personal life and some of the things that I've learned along the way. We are in the age of digital media. When I started photography, it was film. And so we had to print our photos if we wanted to see anything. We didn't just collect a bunch of negatives and throw them in a box. No, we had to develop them and print the proofs and then decide if we were going to enlarge them. And it was just almost unheard of to not enlarge at least one or two or create a whole wall. I mean, during the negative time, it was, it was everything. And then digital happened and it was still everything for a while. And then I think with Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, our phones, we've somehow settled that, oh, the phone, the phone is enough. And as long as my life looks amazing on Instagram, we're fine, right? My daughter recently said that. We were in Italy and one of the nights was we were just struggling to find the, the right boat. We were going to go on the water in Venice and, and uh, we were just walking and we were tired and it wasn't quite how I thought the night should go. And my daughter made a comment and said, well, don't worry, mom, it'll look good on Instagram. And I laughed because I thought, yeah, that's her generation. She's 16, right? So as long as the photos look good on Instagram, it'll look like we had a perfect evening, you know, going down the canal in Venice. What you don't see is, you know, the endless walking that we did, finding the right boat, finding the right, you know, place, you know, the fact that we were tired and, you know, it was getting late and, you know, all of that that goes behind it. And I guess that's okay. You don't, you don't need to. You can just enjoy the, you know, the end result, which is the photo. But, but are we here for just the perfect Insta life or to make our life just look curated and amazing? Are we here so that our Facebook algorithms process the information that we're putting out there the way it's supposed to so that we can have more followers and everybody can see our life and think that everything is just perfect? Or, or are we living in the real world with real circumstances in which the printed photo is everything? What happens when you lose a parent and all of a sudden the funeral home says, we need photos for the slideshow during the funeral? Well, that's great in the digital world because everyone can grab their phones and everyone can grab their digital media and they can upload it to the funeral home immediately and have a slideshow. 
So digital media is important. It allows things like that to happen. I lost my mother on October 22nd, and that's what happened. We needed to, you know, within 48 hours, we were trying to gather images. And, you know, within seven days later, we were all trying to merge all of our own digital content and printed format so that we could have a proper slideshow at her wake. And we did. And we were able to do it very quickly, considering I and my four siblings all live in different areas. So I'm not knocking digital media. I think digital media is great. I'm a photographer. I love the ability that you can post photos quickly and you can create stories and videos. I think it's great. I'm all in. But what happens when you have a parent like my dad? My dad is 88 and he's an amazing man, but he has dementia. And if you've ever been around someone who has dementia. It is a big mixture of emotions because one minute, everything is great. And the next minute, it's not. One minute, they know exactly who you are. And the next minute, they don't. It can be extremely tragic, extremely confusing. And it can change an entire family dynamic. We've had live-in care for my parents. And now that my mom has passed, my dad still has live-in aids, which is great because he has the ability to enjoy being in his home and being surrounded by his loved ones. And we know that the people that are caring for him on a daily basis have a vested interest in who he is. That's fantastic. What has been challenging is helping my dad understand who he is, who we are, and how important he is in our life by reminding him of every single one of us that are in this life. And so a couple of months ago, before my mom had passed, I was visiting my dad and my son flew out as well. And we were taking photos with my dad. And then I turned the camera around and did a selfie with my dad. And my dad looked in the phone and he, he didn't understand who was in the camera. So when I turned the camera around and we did a selfie, my dad paused and looked in the phone and said, who is that? And I said, dad, that, that's us. And he said, who is that viejo? And viejo in Spanish is old man. Now, I didn't know this at the time, but my sister was there and she immediately translated it. And I said, dad, that's you. And he was like, what? Oh, no, viejo. Like he, he saw himself as an old man through this selfie. And we did a photo and we did video. And every time he would look at himself, he would ask the same thing. And so with dementia, you'll have an entire conversation and then he'll pause. He'll look at you and it's like, it's like as if a light switches and it repeats all over again. I have amazing siblings and my sister, who's very close to my dad and lives just down the street, 
told me before I had spent time with my dad with dementia, she kind of prepped me and she said, Anna, we need to just go with his temperament. My dad is a very kind man. He loves to laugh. Oh, it's his favorite thing. He could laugh for 45 minutes. He's always had a really good sense of humor. He loves jokes. And he's always had smiling eyes. If you've ever seen a photo of him, he smiles through his eyes. But he's a very happy man. And even through the loss of his wife, and they were together, oh goodness, since he was, they were 25 and 27, he's still a very happy man. He's a very strong believer in God. And he's just a very happy man. So my sister had told me I'm extremely emotional and I'm the sensitive one. I'm the youngest of five. I'm the, I'm the one in my family that's always quick to tears. My sister has always been the strong one. She's two years older than me. And so she said, Anna, when you see dad, you kind of just, I need you to just go with it. If he's laughing, you're enjoying that humor. And if he sounds confused, Do not be alarmed. Do not be scared. Do not be sad. Work with him in that confusion. And so I'm going to explain how we do that with the use of photos. So when I was there with my son, we had so much fun. We did videos, we did photos. But each time when we would say, and when he would say, Who is this viejo? We would say, Dad, that's you. He would go, Oh, wow, that's me. And we would say, yeah. And he'd say, okay. And he would look like he would completely understand. And then we'd talk about other things. And then there'd be a pause. And it would be like a switch flipped. And he would want to look at the phone again. And he would say, oh, who is that viejo? And the exact same conversation would replay again and again and again. I lost count of how many times I told him who I was. And he would say, oh, you're Anna Maria. I gave you my name. Yes, dad, you adopted me. What was your name? And we would go over my birth name. What was your, what is your name now? And we would go over my adopted name. And yes, and he would say, I gave you my name. You're my daughter. And he would hug me and hold my hand and smile. And be so excited. You're a photographer in California. Yes, dad, that's me. Yes. And he would get the biggest smile. And I, I could tell for a moment he was so proud of me. He was so happy to be around me. And then the switch would happen. And he would look at me and he would say, who are you? What is your name? Did I give you my name? And it would start all over again. After a couple of hours of this, I will tell you I broke down. I became a little sad. And I tried to hide the tears because this is a man who's lived an amazing life. And this confusion that he has, to me, seems tormented. It seems heartbreaking. But that's how I feel. I don't know how he feels. And so maybe it's not so much for him, but I can do my part. So the next visit, we focused on the photos around his home. He has a lot of photos because we've printed a lot of photos of the year. 
There's photos of him. There's photos of my mom. There's photos of the family. We have canvases. We have acrylics. We have frames. There's photos in every room of the house. In the room he's in, I reached for a photo of my children. This little exercise went on for 90 minutes. He held it in his hand and he went through each of my children. Tell me the names. Tell me the ages. Who are they? What do they do? And I would tell him and he would repeat it. And he would repeat it. And in my own mind, I would say, he gets it. He remembers. And he would say, oh yeah, I remember. Oh, Evan's so tall and the girls. And he would talk about every single one of them and the recognition was there. And I thought, yes, we've reached a milestone. Everything's going to be okay. I'm going to be able to fly back to California and know that he has this photo so that when he looks at it, he's going to know who everybody is and it's everything's going to be okay. And then it switches. And he says, can I look at that photo again? Yes, dad. I had already put it back on the shelf. Can I have it again? Sure, dad. Who are the people in this photo? And we go over it again and again and again. I realized that as my mom was getting more ill and we were going to lose her quite sooner than we had expected, the need for photos was going to be even more important. We were worried that the stress and the loss of losing his wife and our mother would take a toll on him. And so my siblings and I have discussed many different ways to keep him energized and alive and with lots of things to do and visitors. They have a beautiful piano that was a gift to my mom because she loved to play the piano. We talked about, you know, having people come and play the piano, which they have done and, you know, just keeping him going and entertained. And then I realized, I said to my siblings, we need to create a current photo album of who we are, what we're doing. We have photos all over the house. That's fantastic. Let's go one step further. Let's create an album. First, I was going to do a book. And then I realized if I just created a book, well, things change, things happen. What if I just got a good old-fashioned album from Michael's where you slip the photos in? We could slip them out. We could change them. We could add to them. And so I said to my sister, I'm going to gather a bunch of photos that I have. And my siblings and I, we do tons of group texts every week. There's a group text and we transfer photos back and forth. Well, my dad doesn't see these. So I took all of those photos from all of my siblings' texts, everything, marathons, birthdays, achievements, pets, nieces and nephews, everything that we share with each other. And I sent them all to print. I sent 85 images to my lab to print professionally. My daughters helped me put them in an album. And Olivia, my middle daughter, sat down and put all of them in an album. And I asked her to write the names of just my children in the book. So just I told her, every time you see a picture, write Olivia, Evan, and Ava. She says, well, mom, what about the rest of the photos? I said, well, I'm going to give the album to my sister. And she can write the names of her children and et cetera, et cetera. So that when my dad holds this album, not only does he see these images, but he has the names of who we are and he can easily look at it, read the name and associate it. 
Well, the album arrived just before Thanksgiving, and my sister sent me a message and said it was the perfect gift. They were working on it together, and my dad was super happy. And not only that, we didn't fill all the pages, so we can add to it. And it brings my dad comfort. And at any single moment, he can pick up that book, and he doesn't even need to ask anybody who everybody is. He can look at it picture by picture by picture. I recently watched a movie that brought me to tears about the character that has dementia. And it, I sobbed the whole way through it. And if you ever get a chance to see this movie, you really should. It is a phenomenal movie. I think it just came out this past year. And the routine for those with dementia is super important. And the photos. In the movie, there were photos of the siblings. And the siblings didn't know their dad had dementia because he had hid it from them. And so when they asked why there were photos there, he made up a reason of why there were photos there. But as the movie progresses, it's understood that their dad has dementia. The name of the movie is called Here Today, and it's with Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal is phenomenal in this performance. I could watch it 10 more times and probably cry my whole way through it again. It is an absolutely brilliant movie. And if you know somebody with dementia or if this is new to your world as it is to mine, I highly, highly recommend watching it. It is worth everything in 10 times more. And the photos play a huge role in this as well as routine and recognition. And so it's something that I'm currently living with now. But that doesn't mean that all of a sudden I think the printed photo is important now. I've known it's important. I'm an adopted child and I didn't show up to my adopted family with a photo album. I didn't have anything but the clothes on my body. I didn't have photos of my biological mother. I didn't have the photos of my biological father, my biological brother. I didn't have any of that. And over the years, as I grew up, I would always tell my mom, I didn't necessarily want to meet my biological mom, but I just wanted to see a photo. And I would always ask her, what does she look like? What does she look like? And she would say, she looks like you, but she was 5'10". And if you see my daughters, they're tall. And I'd always wonder, how is it that I'm 5'3", and I have daughters that are 5'7", 5'8", and my son is 6'2". Where did that come from? My mom would say, well, your mother and father are very tall. But I never had photos. So to me, it was just, mm, just a conversation. It didn't really mean anything to me. For over 10 years, I've spoken to MOPS groups. Do you know what MOPS is? MOPS is Mothers of Preschoolers, and it is for, I don't know if it's just for Christian organizations, but it's usually part of a church where you attend every other week for a couple of hours and listen to speakers and you put your child in the church program. And it's just a great way for moms to get out of the house for a couple of hours, meet other moms. And when I was new to California and I had had Evan and I was pregnant with Olivia, someone told me about mops. And for me, I didn't really know anyone. I didn't really have any mommy friends. So it was a great way for me to meet people. And so I would go every other week. And I was very quiet. I would just sit at the table and listen to the speaker and have some morning coffee. Well, one day they asked me to speak. And I was like, oh, no, I know I don't have anything to speak about. 
And they were like, well, just give us like some photography tips or just something. And I remember saying no several times. And they kept asking and kept asking. And I was like, okay, all right, fine. I'll, I stressed about it like I was doing a final exam. And I put together top 10 tips for photographing your children at home. You know, don't have the child too close to the wall for shadow. Don't just stand over them, get down to their level. You know, bring them by the light, but not in front of the light, to the side of the light. And, you know, I just kind of gave them tips. Year after year after year, I not only ended up speaking for my church, but for about eight other MOPS groups. I was becoming quite in demand for public speaking in the MOPS area. Why? Well, my message started to change over the years. In the beginning, it was just top tips for photographing children. And then I would show them examples of how to use your camera and how to take great images. As the years went on, my message seemed to take on a mind of its own. And I'll never forget the last time that I spoke at a MOPS program. It was about 100 women in the room. And I had had a whole list of things that I was going to speak about. But that particular day, it was raining really hard. And I, I can't remember what town I had to go to, but I had to drive about 45 minutes. And I was stressed and I felt like I was running late and my notes just weren't doing it. And I sat in the parking lot for a minute and I asked God to just give me a message that I thought would be appropriate for that day. When I walked in the room and looked at 100 women sitting at the table and remembering that I too was one of those women, longing for a couple of hours away from my child, longing for fellowship and camaraderie among other women who would get it, longing for inspiration and just something that would maybe make my day a little bit better. I looked around the room and I asked everybody when was the last time they had their photo taken? Well, tons of hands went up in the room. So then I asked again, when was the last time you had a professional photo taken? Less hands, but still a good amount of hands. Okay, I'm going to ask another question. When was the last time you had your image captured, and this is to the moms, less hands, because we're moms, right? So we take photos of our kids all day long. We take photos of everybody else in gatherings. But, but I was asking, when was the last time the moms were in the photo? Not with hair and makeup done, not with the perfect outfit, not in a staged setting, but just living their life in their home. Less hands were raised. Then I asked them to tell me why. Why out of 100 women are only five hands raised? And nobody wanted to answer the question. So I said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to pick on you if no one's going to answer. So finally, the first woman spoke and she said, well, I've had cancer and I've gained a little bit more weight than normal. And I'm not comfortable looking at myself in photos. And so I, I just avoid it. Okay, thanks for your honesty. Another woman raises her hand. Well, another cancer story. I've lost my hair and I'm wearing a wig and I don't really like the way that I look. Okay, understood. Another woman raises her hand and another woman and another woman. And one by one, all of the responses were based on one thing. 
Well, two things. Their physical appearance and how they felt in the body they're in based on their physical appearance. They felt overweight. They didn't like their hair. They didn't like the color of their hair. They didn't like the cut. They didn't have anything to wear. All of it was based on that. They didn't like their nose. And so I said, you know, let's think about this. Do you all have photos of your extended family at home? Printed photos, grandparents, aunts and uncles, previous generations. Do you all have either photo albums or photos on the wall? Yes, yes, everybody had something. So when you look back at the grandmother, your mother's mother, an uncle, your brother's father, whatever, what do you say? Do you say, oh, wow, I look like my mother? Or, wow, my son looks like his grandpa. My daughter, she has her dad's ears. Or do you say, I wish Aunt Tilda would have lost 20 pounds. I wish my grandmother would have shed that weight that she was complaining about. I wish grandpa would have trimmed his beard. Does that ever come out of your mouth? Everybody shook their head. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. And yet, we make excuses for not being in the photo and not printing them because, because, because. And then, how do we portray to our children that we love them for who they are, regardless of their size, if we're saying the opposite of ourselves? How do we show them how amazing and beautiful they are if we're never printing their image or ours? Quite a few years ago, I remember going to a back-to-school night in one of my children's classrooms. I think it was Ava's. No, it was Olivia's. It was Olivia's. And you know what I saw? You know how a back-to-school night, you're kind of going to look at your kids' projects and the things that they've done, right? Well, one of their assignments was to bring a photo of their family. So the idea was when you'd walk into the classroom, they had clotheslines all throughout the room, you would see all of the family photos of all of the children. So you could go, oh, I recognize Sammy and Tommy, and oh, that's their family. And it's a way for families to connect with other families through photos. Unfortunately, when I got in the room, over half of the photos were not photos, but drawings that the kids had to do because they didn't have a family photo. Let that sink in for a second. The assignment wasn't to bring in a professional photo. The assignment was to bring in a photo of your family. You could be sitting in the dirt on the street. We want to see your family. And child after child did bring in that photo. Unfortunately, there were quite a few children that had to sit down at recess and draw the photo of their family. I could go on and on and on about why the printed photo was so important. Why is it that when the house is on fire, if you ask 
any single person what they want to grab. It's always photos. Always. It's albums. It's photos on the wall. It's always photos. Always. Why? They are our life's history, and we are responsible for not only capturing our existing life as it is now, but for preserving it for the generation that is coming behind us. If we don't print our photos, how are they supposed to know who we are, who we were? I mean, think about this. You're going to really just keep everything on your phone? You're not going to print anything because you don't like the way you look? Or you're going to try to tell me you don't have the money to order a print from your photographer? Are you kidding me? Look around the house and look at all the things you've wasted money on. The coffee we buy, the TVs we don't use all the time, the clothes that we wear that we often get tired of. Look around your house and tell me how much you bought doesn't matter tomorrow. When someone's dying, when someone has dementia, when someone's going to a funeral, when someone's being adopted, when someone needs to go to school with a family photo and they don't have it because we chose to, what, buy a new TV instead of invest in a family portrait and print it? Come on. And this isn't an ad for professional photographers everywhere. This is life. This is my life, this is your life, and we're living it every single day. You have a choice. Every single day when I walk into my house, first thing I see is the canvas of my three children down the hallway. I look at it every single day. Every time I come in, every time I leave, the necklace that I wear on my neck, the children know that not only do I love every ounce of their being and 10 times more, but that the printed photo of who they are is more important to me than any TV in our house, any cup of coffee, any shoe, anything else. If I only had one thing to spend my money on, that's what it would be for. Why? I didn't show up to my adopted family with photos, but you better believe that when I leave this earth, my kids will not only know the life that they lived, but they will know who their mother was. They will know what my intention was for my life and what I'm passing down to them. And isn't that our responsibility? We're so wrapped up in the here and now, the today, the tomorrow, the vacations, the what can we buy, the where can we go, how can we make our life look so damn perfect on Instagram? What if we take a step back and look at your phone, look at the computer, and for one second pause and pull up your favorite photo and print it, just print it. For the love of God, print it. Because that photo one day may be the single most important thing in one of your family members' lives, if it's not to you. We are capturing our image and our life, not for us, but for the generation that follows behind. I cannot stress the importance of it. I'm living and breathing it, and I've been doing it for 22 years and for the 10 years before as an amateur, and I'll spend the rest of my life capturing the images of not only my life, but as many clients as I can, and I will print them, and I will continue to create a life and legacy that I intended to. 
My wish is that you do the same. I'm Anna Brand. Thanks for listening. Did you like this podcast? We would love it if you gave my mom a kind review and reach out to her. To learn more about Anna, visit AnnaBrandt.com. You can find out about her education opportunities at AnnaBrandtEducation.com.